Hi, and welcome to the Sailorville Church Podcast. My name is Abe Miller. I'm here with Pat Nemmers. How are we doing? Doing great. Good. Good to be back. Good to have another podcast on James. This is the um, this is the second week. This is kind of a continuation of James chapter two, faith and deeds and dead works, the whole nine yards, yep. part two. Yep, sure is. Why don't you give us a little bit of um, kind of the background, what the what the message was, and we've got some good questions, some good probing questions that we can jump into. Well, the past couple of weeks, we've been asking that question, if your faith is real. And James, in the front end of the of uh, of this section, verses fourteen through nineteen, we 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 couched it in negative terms. When when should you worry about whether your faith is real? And we said, if you're not, you know, if there's no life change going on, and uh, if your head knowledge doesn't translate into a heart change, you have real concerns to be uh, whether or not. And, and that's and that section concluded with, uh, you know, you believe. God is one. Join the demons, you know. Yeah. Now in this section, we 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 spun it positively, you know. Uh, you know, with you know, with the question rather, how, how can I know your, you know, my faith is real? And then we gave two reasons from verses twenty through twenty six. And the first one is if it shows signs of life, you know. And we could talk about that a little bit as we did in the sermon, but also uh, uh, then you know, besides whether it shows signs of life the other one does it are are you passing the test that god places in your life and the two examples that james gave us two polar opposite examples are abraham and rahab one the patriarch the other a prostitute and we did that little uh line upon line of differences between those two so uh that's it and we really it's been a joy to see some of the results i mean i think the the uh the christians and we, I recognize the listening audience to this podcast are, are probably the majority of which are Christians, but I never assume that. But uh, Christians really, they were doing some serious introspection. I, I love the fact that we concluded this sermon. Our listeners don't know that probably, but we conclude the sermon by going to the Lord's table. Mm. And I had a number of people saying that that really um, caused them to ask some hard questions about whether there are signs of life and whether or not others see those signs of life in their lives. That's a positive thing. That's sanctifying. That's good. As well as the warning element, you know, to people who may not truly be, uh, have real faith. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's, it's been a, it's, the last two weeks have been really good as far as, yeah, asking some of those questions, which I think it's, it definitely is causing people to do a heart check. What what is what does my life look like? What does my faith look like? Are there signs of life? And I think one of the questions I have about um, when we can kind of go lots of different ways here, but the, you know, showing signs of life, um, you know, we kind of say that we talk about the fruit of the spirit, but like people that are listening to this, how do you know what are the signs of life? Like, what does that actually look like? Because there are a lot of people who would claim I'm a Christian. Or I, you know, I, I've been going to church my entire life or whatever. Or I prayed the prayer when I was young. You know, I have faith. But you, you made a comment in, in the message about um, it's, one thing, it's one thing for you to claim that you're a Christian. It's another thing for others to say, I see that in you, right? Yeah. And yeah. I see those signs. But, like, what are those signs? So as people are listening to this, they would say, 
yeah, one, I see those in my own life and I see those in my spouse or I see those in my kids or my coworker or my friends or whatever. So like, what are those signs that you're looking for of life, signs of life? Yeah, well, that's that's those are good questions because some of them are objective and others are subjective. The objective answer to that question is, do you trust the Bible? Do you trust the Word of God? And the Word of God tells us that if we come to Christ, he himself said that, I will... He who comes to me, I will in no way cast out. That's a that's a certain statement, and it's a if I take God at His word, that's objective. It doesn't have anything to do with my feelings, and I'd like to talk about feelings a little bit if if I may. But um, uh, if but if I take the objective truth of God at its word, then uh, that's that's a sign of life. I'm believing what God has said. His word says about me if I have placed my faith in Jesus. So that's objective. And the other, the subjective one is the one you allude to. By the way, if you don't mind, I'll, I shared uh, uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, where Paul said to the uh, Thessalonians, he says, we know, we know brothers loved by God that he has chosen you, which is an, a crazy statement. It's one of those verses we just sort of read over the top of. But just imagine Somebody's saying, well, we know God has chosen you. I mean, you know, what are you basing that off of? Well, Paul goes on and says, because our gospel came to you not only in word, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit and with full conviction. So there are, there's some of the answers right there. Is there power in your life to overcome sin? You know, is there, uh, uh, it, is the is there evidence of the fruit of the spirit that Galatians that Paul talks about that love joy peace gentleness faithfulness all those things are those happening in your life is there this are you a person of conviction do you really believe what you claim to believe by the way Paul doesn't stop there he says and he says um, uh, you know what kind of men we proved to be among you and you became imitators of us and of the Lord for you received the word in much affliction with with the joy of the Holy Spirit and became an example to all the believers in Macedonia and Achaia. And I love this, for not only has the word of the Lord sounded forth from you to Macedonia and Achaia, but your faith in God has gone forth everywhere so that we need not say anything, for they themselves report concerning us the kind of reception we had among you, how you turned to God uh, from idols to serve the living and true God. And that's a mouthful there, but Paul is saying, I'll tell you, I know you're Christians because of the of the incredible life change and your declaration of the gospel. Your the word of God is sounding forth from you, so that people are coming back to me and saying, "Well, look at those Thessalonians; they've changed mm-hmm. so much." And uh, those are things; those are very affirming things, signs of life for for sure. Yeah, yeah, I think. I think you you would ask that question, you know, like what does your does your life show signs of life? You know, what are those signs? Which I think is, yeah, I think the, that should be encouraging to those of you who are listening, right? Like it's, I see, I see that, right? There's conviction, there's obedience, there's joy, there's patience, there's there's signs of that too. And I think that sometimes sometimes we might not see we might not see that. Um, in ourselves or whatever we might doubt. And I think that goes back to like the, con- not the conviction, but like the truth, like speaking truth, like what does God's word say? Not just off my feelings. Like, I don't feel like I'm mm-hmm. 
doing really well right now, or I don't mm-hmm. feel like there's signs of life, or I feel like I'm maybe on a downward trajectory. And and um, but to remember back to those those signs. And I, you know, Abe, I think that's really important because I'm uh, I'm reading Carl Truman's book, uh, Strange New World, right now, and it's a uh, it's uh, really a, a book on culture and how culture has shaped the way we think. And he, uh, we use the word authentic a lot in our own, in our culture and even in the church. I mean, people love authenticity. They love preaching and teaching that's, you know, quote unquote real. You know, the person's life is out there hanging out there. And it just, but Truman is talking about how feelings have become the new authenticity. My feelings, if my feelings, you know, whatever I feel, that is, that's what's truth is what I feel. And feelings now are driving our entire culture. And uh, uh, again, he, you know, there was a time you used, you know, there's a time you go to the doctor and, you know, back, you know, uh, a generation ago, you went to the doctor. And if you said, uh, if I said to the doctor, I, I feel like I, I feel like I, I should be a woman. Uh, you know, the doctor would probably refer me to a psychologist. But today, he doesn't do that. He says, you know, what's wrong? What you, you know, your your mind isn't cooperating with your body. You need to get those things in sync because really, you're a woman in there. We just got to figure that out. And then the next thing you know, you got hormone drugs and all this kind of stuff. But that's all being driven by feelings. And uh, feelings have become authoritative in our culture. I've always likened our life, and this gets back to the question of assurance of salvation, things like that, what you're talking about. I'm a simple guy, and I like to think of things in simple ways. So I think think of our life like a train on a track. Think of a train on a track. Uh, A train on a track is driven by the engine. Now, I realize most trains don't have cabooses these days, but, you know, the the classic train has one. Feeling should be the caboose on the train. They should not be the engine. And uh, we acknowledge feelings. God created us with feelings. And I don't know about you, but I like good feelings. <laughs> I like good vibes. I like good feelings. I think God uh, intends to accompany our steps of obedience, our acts of love, the things we do as we follow God. I think they, are, they usually are accompanied with good feelings and uh, I think we almost feel cheated if they they aren't, but um, the feeling should should accompany obedience. Uh, the engine of our faith is the Word of God, the truth of the gospel, the objective truth of the gospel. That should drive my life, and as that drives my life, the feelings are gonna are going to follow. But our culture today has flipped it. The engine is feelings, and. Uh, and so that's why the trains are going all over the place these days, and everything so, looks. So insanity. how do you how do you know if you're basing your life in the things you're doing based off feelings or truth? Like how would how do you differentiate that? Because I'm sure there's a lot of people that are saying like, yeah, I mean, I I feel good this day, and I think I'm in the Bible, but I'm and I'm praying, but I don't feel like God's close to me. So you get like the feelings, and you got the truth kind of mixed together. Like how do you know what's truth and what's feeling well again i'm gonna sound redundant but the word of god is objective that's true i always have to speak truth to myself right i mean that i have to preach the gospel to myself speak truth to myself go back to the truth that never ever changes you know we 
I use as an example a little bit ago an extreme form, but it's not so extreme anymore. It's still extreme from a Christian perspective. I mean, I'm talking about gender dysphoria, but gender, gender dysphoria has been around, you know, is from the time sin entered into the world. But today, it's just accepted. It's just, that's an authority now, and that's wrong-headed thinking. The Bible would, if you were going that way, let's say you're a listener and you you have same-sex attractions, uh, that's one thing. To go toward those, that becomes very sinful, right? And so you have to go back to the objective truth, which will set you straight. And uh, no pun intended, but it'll, I mean, it'll set you straight toward God so that you're not operating off of your feelings. So your feelings don't become the engine of your life. Uh, we have an entire generation right now that we're living amongst that the feet, their feelings are the engine of their life. I sat down in a gym not long ago. I saw, well, I actually, I was, I was actually working out and I saw a young lady that uh, actually grew up in this church, but she'd been away from this church for a long period of time and she dropped off the table, so to speak. But I always liked her. She's a sweet girl. And I saw her and I walked up and chatted with her. And sure enough, she had, she not only wasn't going to church, she'd left her husband. And, uh, and she was living with another man at the time. And I sat next to her and we chatted briefly. I just tried to see where she was coming from, if there was any Christian vestige in her whatsoever. And her and and she made no bones about it. She said, you know what? I served that man, my first husband, for so many years. And I did this and I did that. And he never lifted a finger to do anything. And now i got to make it about myself. I've got to make myself happy. I have never striven, uh, strove to make myself happy. I'm going to... And she went on and on. Mm. And I remember just talking about feeling... I, my heart sunk listening to her. She wasn't in any place for me to preach to her. So I just looked at her and I called her by name. I said, you know, we really care about you. And if you um, ever would like to talk about spiritual things and your relationship to God and, and maybe even thinking a little differently than you, you do right now, you just know that we're available. I'm available. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of where we ended it. And we haven't had any conversations since. But that was a woman that was operating off her feelings totally. And she's just she's just giving into the culture is all she's done. Yeah, yeah. I think the culture continues to feed us lies, and that's you know you got social media, which can be good, but it also can be, um, it can speak to us. You've got TV, you've got the internet that are just, you've got the worldly stuff coming in into our minds and into our, to our daily lives that we. We listen to it, and we and we're listening to other people, and we're listening to coworkers instead of like. Look at, you know, going back to the word, reading good books, being around other Christians, being in community with people that are saying like, whoa, 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 wait a minute. Like that thinking is, mm -hmm. that's self-centered thinking. That's not God-centered thinking, right? Like right. You, you, we need those people around us. We need that stuff coming in because it's so quickly you, you stop. It's the put off, put on Ephesians 4, right? Like you put off these things, but then you don't put on Christ and have truth speaking into you. It's just super quickly. You can, you're off. On your feelings. I think what you just said, it, almost in passing, you, but I really appreciate you bringing the community element to it because, yes, the Bible is objective truth. You need that to answer your first question, but you need community as a, a supporting cast to the Word yeah. of God. Uh, and it's community that keeps you in check 
when you go off. And, uh, and we have seen that many times as you and I both have seen that around here where communities save the day, so to speak. I mean, you, we like to say, yeah, everybody who got right with God, it was a Bible verse that, that jumped out of them, you know, or they, or the pastor preached this great message. And then, and that happens from time to time, but more often than not, it's because somebody loved them enough to speak the truth to them and in stereo more than one or two. So the community element is vitally, vitally important. So let's talk about the community part, because I think that's one of the parts in the the message, maybe towards the end, you were talking just about, you know, are you passing the test? That was kind of the, the you know, and God doesn't put us in the test to make us fail, but to, to grow us and to increase our faith and to um, show us areas. And, you know, you talked about lots of different topics of different things in our lives that are faith growers. And we, and we see, wow, God actually did that, or I prayed about that, or God came through, or God gave me the boldness to speak up, or share my faith, or say no to sin, or whatever. Um, and one of the one of the words that stuck out to me was the, uh, you said something about affirm, and pe- people affirming you, and... Um, yeah, I'm looking right at the paragraph, Abe, if I could read it, and you go yeah. on. I said, all these times are defining, perfecting, fulfilling moments when faith and work synergize. The time you choose to do something, to say something, to stop doing something, to walk away from something, to accept God's call, to make Christ known. That's when you say, yes, my faith is real. Yeah, which is affirming, right? Like you look at that, and I think sometimes... Uh, sometimes people, we, we might not see those things of how God is working, but I, I, I was just, I was just thinking about how do we, when we talk about community, how do we affirm one another and how do we speak truth to, and that's kind of the, I see in you moments that I think are, um, those are just so powerful and they're so encouraging to, so I don't know, let's just talk a little bit about that. Like, how do we. I mean, you're an exhorter. You're an you're an affirmer. You 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 know you walk around like the grandpa and me like, hey, you know, like I see. Did you, you say grandpa? Well, I stick with yeah, dad. I mean, yeah. come on, I'm not your grandpa. I mean, you are wearing like a cardigan. I mean, oh my goodness, <laughs> it's a chilly day out here right now. I know. I mean, it fits. Wow. you are a grandpa. You are. <laughs> <laughs> what do you need there, little Abe? <laughs> wow. Uh, anyway, okay. so uh, but I think I think let's talk about that because I think a lot of people. Sometimes they just don't they don't see God working in their own lives. They're discouraged, they're frustrated. And and I think and I think this is what hit me. Sometimes we don't have the big like sweet stories and you know, you have shared you have shared stories over the years of like, oh my goodness, this happened and this happened, and it's like I mean, I have people say like, I don't get those stories. Mm-hmm. I don't get that stuff. It's just like the plotters. It's the ones that are like faithfully. How do we encourage those people and how are we? Sometimes we need that and sometimes we need yeah. to give that. I think just, you just said, it. it's not the how do we. The real the question is, are we? Are we? Because, you know, quit looking for the pizzazio. I mean, quit looking. Oh, oh my goodness. The only people that are really doing are the yeah. pat numbers yeah. and the this and that. No, you look for those plotters. You're grateful for their faithfulness. No church can operate. No church. No church can operate without the plotters. It just doesn't happen. And hundreds of people around here do that. And I think the responsibility is in our hands to do it. Just last night, Abe, you were, I appreciate your encouragement to me. We won't get into details, but we had our family, church family, uh, 
uh, of staff uh, and deacons and their spouses. We had a meeting last night. We had a dinner last night, and we the theme was gratitude. And I picked out, you know, what maybe half a dozen people in our staff of what how many twenty five, twenty six people there. I uh, purposely did not hit everybody, but I hit half a dozen or so and spoke uh, to them. And, uh, you know, some of them are plotters. Wouldn't you agree? Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. but uh, when I did that, and you loved it. Uh, I'm not trying to solicit any kind of encouragement from you personally right now, but you loved it. You acknowledged that earlier today when we talked. But there was one individual that we picked on, remember? There was one individual that somebody else amongst our elders said, man, I loved it when you spoke to so-and-so. And And, um, I didn't say a whole lot, but I just really uh, appreciated him in front of everyone. I specifically appreciated him for what he does and how he improvises. And... uh, Afterwards, when we just mingled for 15, 20 minutes afterwards, he came up and it was uncharacteristic of him. And not that he's not affectionate, but we don't hug very often. He just hugged me. Yep. And uh, so to me, the question isn't how we affirm others in their faith. It's whether or not we're doing that. And that should be a regular part of our lives. Yeah, I think that's the challenge for all of us. And and I was challenged. I was challenged last night. I mean, I, I texted a guy today, mm. this afternoon, and and kind of did the same thing. Like, hey, I see this in you. Like, be encouraged. Like, I'm seeing mm. growth in you, right? And mm-hmm. I think that – I think a lot of people just don't see it. Like, they don't – they don't oh, – yeah, I'm not there, and I'm not, I'm not where I want to be, and I'm – you know, I want to be there, and I'm not, and I'm not. And, and I think we all have to – be looking for those people to say like, no, I see God working. You're making yeah, we strides. Do. And- we do. I told you today about another situation that occurred recently in my life where somebody was actually looking for affirmation and I didn't give it to him. Uh, I, I didn't shoot him down, but I think they, they think I shot them down. They, they misinterpreted me, but I get it. You know, I yeah. didn't affirm them and what they desired. Uh, you know, they came to me, they asked a straight question and I gave them a straight answer because <laughs> I'm kind of a truth teller, you know, yeah. and, and, uh, you know, I, I'm still processing that a little bit, how I could have handled that thing a little differently in the moment, but it just affirms what we're talking about. People need to be encouraged. And this is really, you think about, we're talking about James, you don't think about encouragement here. Yeah. We're talking about faith that's alive versus dead, but but people's faith that is alive, even if, remember that first, that first answer was if it shows signs of life. I didn't say if it has fruit coming out of its ears. That wasn't the point. The point was, does it show signs of life? And if, like the person you thank today, I, I'm, apparently they're showing signs of life. And you let them know that. Yeah. That's our responsibility. Yep. I want to get better at that. Yeah. Myself. Yeah, and I think we, I think we can all, we all, can get better at it and look for those moments that we, we see that in people because there's probably just a lot of people that need that encouragement, um, which everybody loves that. Everybody loves that encouragement stuff. What about the, and we can, we can end maybe on this question, but like, you know, you talk about faith and being alive and fruit. What, what about, and, and we get this question, I feel like periodically from people like, they they have a salvation story. They've been saved for a long time, or they've grown up in the church, or whatever. But they just 
it's just like the, there's just like this steady, like not a ton of fruit. They're just kind of, um, you know, where people are like, I haven't seen a lot of fruit coming out of them. I mean, how do we? One, I'll just I'll like, are they truly born again? Mm-hmm. And why is there not growth? Why is there not growth in those people? Like, what's what's happening in their lives where it's like, and you've been around it for a long mm-hmm. time. You've you've sit under preaching, and it's just like this static. There's no. I mean, we talk about plotters, but there's not even like the plotters. It's just like, oh boy, I don't know if I could even. Because I think there's people listening to this yeah. that might be at that stage. Like, what's going on there? Well, I. I I think you have good reason to be concerned. That's that was the purpose of that first message, you know. I mean, is your life changing? There should be some progression. It doesn't have to be. I, I, that's again the others. The positive is there signs of life? Is there any? And you often hear me say that if there's no signs of life and there hasn't really ever been, I think you have good reason to wonder whether you're truly born again. Mm. But you know, on the other hand, uh, there could be. I think if uh, you often Abe will say. I mean, this is a, this this is in my mind's uh, ear. I hear you saying he's hiding something, or you'll say she's hiding something. Uh, and oftentimes you're correct. I mean, sometimes we'll see somebody who we was bearing fruit. They're not really bearing fruit, and sure enough, they're hiding something. You know, they're they're living some double life, or there's something really strange going on in their life. It might be a small sin because, you know, remember Solomon said, little foxes spoil the vine. And uh, so, again, getting back to our culture, if we are, and we all swim in it. I mean, we're all swimming in the same culture. But some of us are really drinking it in. And to the degree that we do, that causes our faith to become stagnant. Mm-hmm. And then it's a then it's it's not just encouragement. Then, then you need a little more exhortation. Somebody needs to... For every person that comes along and says, you're doing great, keep going, praise the Lord for you, uh, they probably need somebody else coming along in their life and say, what the heck is going on with you? We're, you know, we're, I'm, not, I'm not seeing a lot of Jesus in your life. You know? yeah. We need both sides. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that I've used the illustration before like with other guys that I've talked to about you know, the evidence, like where is the evidence mm-hmm. in, your, in your life with you know, and whether they're a, a roofer or a basketball player or whatever, you know, like you can tell right away if somebody like, or if you, you know, for you wrestling, right? Like you get on a mat with somebody right away and you can be like, yeah, this guy knows what he's doing. Or I mean, within the first 30 seconds, you'd Mm -hmm. be able to tell, right? Because you've been around it, you've seen it, you've experienced it versus someone who says like, oh yeah, I'm a wrestler. And you get out there and you're like, you are not a wrestler. Like (laughs) I, right. So I think that's the same thing with Christianity too. Like you say you're a Christian, like where's the evidence? That's where, right. Where is that fruit? Like that should be evident. It should be coming out. It reminds me, Abe, of the very first Bible study I ever taught. It was in my home at 117 Baltimore in Waterloo, Iowa, where I I became a Christian. And I was having a Bible study. I'd only been a, saved for about a month and a half, but I was leading the Bible study. I mean, I I can't imagine what was coming out of my mouth in those days. <laughs> yeah. But but uh, there was a lady that my a, a fellow a nurse that my wife was working with, who uh, my wife was witnessing to, and invited to our Bible study. And she said, 
you know, she came to her Bible study. She goes, well, you know, if I brought my husband, he really knows the Bible. He knows the Bible like the back of his hand. I'm going to bring him one of these days. And uh, that kind of, ooh, you know, I, I said, sure, bring him, you know. And so sure enough, he came the next week. And we were all thinking, oh, my gosh, the Bible scholar has come. And I, we were studying First Timothy. I even remember the book we were studying. I said, well, let's go ahead and turn our Bibles to First Timothy. And so there are about six of us, and we're all, you can see the Bible pages were and he was flipping from one side of the bible to the other side of the bible back to the other side and and it became embarrassing we were waiting for him to find first timothy and uh i finally said so john let's just call him john i said john uh well where are you at anyway he goes uh i'm lost in romans <laughs> and the guy next to him goes that's a good place to be lost <laughs> <laughs> so i mean his his action showed he he didn't know. It wasn't true. He didn't know. Yeah. And uh, I think we can apply that to a lot of things in our life. Yeah. Do you, uh, what's, you get any other closing comments of stuff that you, that you um, weren't able to say or just want to wrap it up here? Uh, only that um, I think if you're a Christian listening out there, it should be your, your true desire that, you're walking with God and that it's evident, not just to yourself, because you claim first John 5, 13, you, you know, you have eternal life, but it's evident to others as well, because of that passage in second Corinthians three, where Paul says, I don't need a letter of recommendation. You are our letter known and read by all men. What a statement. Paul was saying, your lives have been changed enough that people can see the gospel in you. And uh, make that your aspiration, and uh, you'll become a little bit more like Jesus. Yeah, amen. Thank you. 